1: hello happy new year everyone and welcome once again we are back in black That's right it's black middle matters how you doing this is vince the voice bailey i hope all is going okay for you what a day today we had big time election we're elated and then the craziness in washington dc so i know when you hear this uh, who knows what else would have taken place but it was what quite a day here today and so that's why i'm glad to be here with you once again we are all blessed to be here I said I always hope that things are going well with you and if not you know just realize that you're not alone we all go through some tough things but you can always always use that pain sometimes that strength turn that lemon into a lemonade and uh, so I have a very I hope inspiring program for you today I'm going to be talking to none other than Dr. Therese Johnson very fascinating woman multiculturalist author uh, entrepreneur activist uh, first uh, African-American female on the school board here in a huge county in georgia and so much more she's got a lot to share with you and we're going to do it right now this is black mental matters and it starts right now It's Black Mental Matters, and once again, it is a beautiful day today. I have the honor of having uh, with us today. I'll I'll just say this to get us started. She's the, in my county, the second ever African-American member of the school board, the mighty Dr. Therese Johnson. And the crowd goes crazy. Good morning, good afternoon, (laughs) good evening. How you doing,
0: Therese? Thank you so much. I'm well. I'm honored to have the opportunity to be on this uh, podcast with you today.
1: Well, it's an honor honor uh for me especially and especially on this historic day and I know you know this feeling uh that's going on you know and I'm, I'm talking about of course the great uh races that took place here the senate races and you yourself crossing that finish line uh here in Gwinnett County as a school board member how do you feel this morning how do you feel today
0: I completely elated I um I'm black and I'm Jewish and the representation is yes. like a dream come true yes. and we have a, a, a black uh, woman vice president yes. so it is such an amazing experience to really be a part of the work also you know I worked on the um, campaign I volunteered canvassing and phone banking and you know just doing caravan ride-alongs and um, you know doing as much as I can to get out the vote for for, for the presidential campaign as well as the Senate races and so ecstatic Aesthetic. with yes. the potential for greatness for all people and this gives me hope this gives me hope that we can kind of change the course of where we were going um that it was very divisive and and not really inclusive of all people and now I have hope that these leaders will change this course in a way that everyone can benefit
1: hmm you said that hope, I, I had posted something about, you know, keeping hope alive. Remember that used to be Jesse Jackson's statement all the time, keep it, And that's what I have now too, it's it, it's hope. And then to be able to talk to someone like you now. Your your background is amazing to me. Uh, graduated high school, then went to Puerto Rico. You attended La Universidad del Sagrado Corazon. Uh, is that correct? Did I say it right, uh, yes. doctor? Yeah. <laughs> uh You know, languages, English, Spanish, French. I'm looking at this, I mean, MBA from Memory, marketing research, you got your doctors and education, you've worked in a, a number of multicultural, like you say being d- black and Jewish and then working with, you know, the black community the Asian community, the, the Spanish community, all that that comes together I mean, it, it is such a rich um, uh, background and then prepares you to be able to this position and, and just in, in life, being able to deal with people and that's that's what this Black Mental Matters is about, it's like hey, there's a big world out here, we don't have to be confined to just these two blocks in our neighborhoods—it's a big world out here for us to make a difference. And you took it all the way to uh, be seated again on the school board. The largest—is this the largest school district in the state of Georgia?
0: It is. Mm. It is. Mm-hmm.
1: And you being the second, only the second, uh, and and for me, the first, who who's the first? Who's the first on the? Uh, Everton, Everton Everton Blair. That's right. He's a good guy. That's right. Everton yeah. <laughs> Everton Blair. Yes. And, and, and so, um, what made you want to do? Uh, to to get so involved uh, after all these great experiences, I mean, there's a lot of things you could have done with your, and a lot of things you have done, but you de- decided you wanted to get involved with, uh, you know, school board and 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 that kind of thing. T- talk about that journey.
0: Well, um, I, I would, I want to say, being a grassroots organizer and activist and advocate for the community really showed me the importance of the people uniting for justice for liberation. Yes. I also understood as we wrote demands and we collected feedback from the community regarding what they need And understanding, you know, writing our demands and presenting these demands to legislators, presenting these demands to people we voted for was something that was the core of the work. Right. Because it's not just about, you know, standing in front of a building and protesting or, you know, organizing a march. But it always has to be a purpose behind what we're doing. Yes. And the purpose is really rooted in our demands. What do we want? What are we demanding? And those demands are presented to people who can actually create Policy, So I realized the power of policy and being a leader on a school board that creates policy that impacts our students, our teachers, is something that I wanted to do because I believe that every child deserves the right to a quality education and every child deserves equity, regardless of their zip code. Regardless of the socioeconomic status, their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, their religion, and and we know that there are inequities in our school system. And as a diversity professional, I have a a keen interest in ensuring that we have a more equitable uh, educational system. Especially for our diverse county, and Gwinnett County is one of the most diverse counties in the state of Georgia.
1: In the state of Georgia, and I would dare say uh, in the country, mm-hmm. because I can go, you know, to the left, and there's my great friends on the uh, uh, Asian community. Go to the right, it's Hispanic. My mechanic is Jamaican. His partner is Dominican. I mean, I love it. I, and, and for those of you that don't uh, interact with different cultures, you don't know what what you're missing out on. But you, you know, when we talk about our young people and, and their coming through this time. You know, you think back when you were young and what was going on in your minds. And I'm, I'm so glad someone like yourself who has them, I think, truly in mind as they're developing to be a good citizens here. Uh, the challenges that they're facing, he- heaven knows, Plus, a pandemic can't even be in school halfway right now. Uh, but what do, you, what do you think are some of the biggest things that uh, we can do as parents or as as a community to help our young people to be successful and not freak out? I mean, this thing is taking a lot of young people through some mental health challenges as well. What are some of your thoughts as it relates to them during this time?
0: So, um, I would first say that as a you know school board member and as a someone who is highly educated, yes. <laughs> I. Uh, went to you know, various schools, various degrees. I, I love education. And um, I think it is so important for our children to get the best education possible. But I want to say that these are unprecedented times. Yes. And I have to sort of redirect my own opinions around safety and education yes. and say, It's always about being safe first, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So I want to tell parents, allow some flexibility. These are unprecedented times. Allow some flexibility for your children. You know, release some of the pressure from them. Educational systems should be more creative and nimble right now around grading and testing and exams and teaching. And I think our system would benefit our children better right now if we can focus on social, emotional learning and engagement and really using this time to nurture our children in a way that can create great leaders, leaders who are empathetic, leaders who are compassionate and we can do that by by educating our children around dealing with this pandemic and gaining skills on how to manage their own stress, their own anxiety. You know, not to say that academics aren't important, but right now we can still do that, but I would say to not ignore the social emotional learning that we can give to our students so that they can have the skills as young adults and as older adults when they grow up to be able to manage the difficulties of life.
1: I love the uh, term social and emotional learning because being a black man, especially what are you being emotional about? Why are you crying or why are you this or why are you that? But that is a part of the rite of passage almost so that uh, you can you know, deal with things. I love the term you use, uh, social and emotional learning. And I get a good grip on what that is. But can you kind of crystallize that, especially for our parents and maybe for some of the young people that are listening how they can really uh, benefit from that social emotional learning that you spoke of?
0: Sure, well, um, I think social emotional learning is so important for our our students because it allows them to understand themselves and one another. And when um, we focus on social emotional learning, they also gain an intelligence. And this intelligence is called emotional intelligence. And that emotional intelligence is great for them to gain as they grow into young adults, into leaders, into leaders who will make a difference in our community, in our nation, in our world. So when we focus on these social emotional skills, we can do activities like, you know, teaching our students how to um, express themselves, uh, have them write journal entries every day or, you know, and then they can share their journal entries with a team of students and everyone can learn about one another and from one another, maybe have students Talk about an experience that inspired them or an experience that changed their life or something that they regret and just talk about what how they felt and process that with their classmates in a safe space. What else? Yoga. I love yoga. Yoga is a great way to teach students how to kind of, you know, decompress, manage stress and and breathe, 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 yes, art. Art therapy is like one of the most best things we can do for our students and and it could be music, you know, it could be uh, painting, it could be sculpture, it could be dancing, but oftentimes when you talk to young kids, they'll tell you like, oh, you know, music makes me feel better or I love, you know, to dance and, you know, dancing, you know, helps me cope with some difficulties in life and art is really important for us to embrace and invest in. Um, I've benefited personally from art therapy. I I love it. And and so those are just some examples, but it's just so important for us to just teach our children to understand themselves, to, you know, have positive thoughts and also to understand that it's okay to make mistakes. You will make mistakes, um, but learn from them. So it's like you fail forward. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes mm-hmm. when we tell our kids, you can't fail, you can't fail, you can fail, if you do, then that's like the mm-hmm. worst thing that can happen. Yes. But we tell our children, just do your best. Mm-hmm. If your best is a C and you did your best, then that's okay, let's praise and celebrate them doing their very best. And so I just think that's so important for us to you know, ensure that our children have this mindset of growing and building resilience wow. and building grit. And that's so important. So I wrote this book called Resilient Hope. It's a, po- it's a poetry book. And resilient hope is like so important for us to build in our students so that they know that like even when times are hard, like we're now in this pandemic, building those social emotional skills is so important because it gives them resilience. And that's what we want. We want our kids to have resilient hope.
1: We're talking again to uh, Dr. Tyrese Johnson, who is not only uh, the uh, member of the great uh, school board here, second African-American on the school board in Gwinnett County, largest county here, uh, school district county in the state of Georgia, but an author. And she just does so many things, organizer, community activist. And of course, you can hear a lover of, of children. And that makes me, I wish I had, my kids was back in school, you know, they all grown now and doing their own thing. But if, if people had that type of attitude that you just spoke of, of how to encourage, and help young people grow. In fact, even when you're an adult, it's the reason we're on this phone, uh, uh, doing this interview, doing this show right now, because of some tragedy that took place in my life. And I said, Hey, I want to use this to help others. And, and, and a lot of times people think that, uh, Oh, you know, things that you want to sweep up under the table, but no, you want to help others. And it kind of, uh, puts you on your true life path of why you were put down here. (laughs) You were put down here to help others. That's how I think of it anyway, doc. And, and so again, I'm just so grateful to have you here. Another thing that, uh, I, really admire about uh, what you do is your dedication to multiculturalism and I see that uh, you you know you even talked about I think in your campaign of having multicultural courses and and in classes and we don't have to get into that but just the whole idea of, of interacting with different cultures and how even for young people too how beneficial that is. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Sure. Um, Well, I must say definitely when you feel seen and heard, you associate that with value. And when we talk about mental health matters, cultural competent educators, they are so important because Mm -hmm. they ensure that the lessons that they give are lessons that reflect the, the student body they are teaching conscious teachers understand the Black Lives Matter movement and how important it is to see the impact of the tragedy and the trauma historical and current of the black community, and that they help to address the social, emotional needs of their students in that way. It's so important in multicultural education for us to embrace the differences and similarities of the people. I love culture, I love diversity, and when we understand one another, um, we develop empathy. And 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 then in developing that empathy, we learn how to be more conscious individuals um, and, and better leaders. So so multicultural education is not just, you know, important for the, the academic experience, but it's important for mental health, yes. because when you feel and you see stories that are uplifting that's another thing we have to as educators be conscious about when we do introduce multicultural lessons when we do introduce uh lessons that you know show black and brown people that is not always lessons where the black person's you know the slave or the black person the cook and the cleaner and the black or just the rebel just just kill yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah,
0: yes it's always the villain let's let's Use our black and brown lessons where we have black and brown people as heroes, yes. or we have black and brown people who are doing things and showing. So, like a lot of those, a lot of books um, that teachers are assigned for for, for reading, we, we let's be really conscious of changing the historical top 10 books to read to high school or middle school kids and really switch that to current authors, to authors who are now speaking of the new generation. Now learning history is important as well and in bringing in some James Baldwin for sure, but really engaging the new writers, um, the new books that are out. I think, you know, our young students can identify with that as well. And it's important for us to embrace that. Um, but, But for mental health, it's important for children to feel seen, heard and valued and respected. Yes. And we can do that through our lessons, and they'll feel better about themselves.
1: You know, one of the uh, the best. And, and I've received rewards over the years but one of the best over that, one that really makes me, I'm looking at it right now, the Georgia Asian Times each year acknowledges their, what they call the 25 most influential Asian Americans in Georgia out of the top 25, right, and I've emceed this event for the past probably six years so that's great, but then a couple of years ago I was given the plaque the award as number 26 out of 25, you know and uh, it's wow. such, I know, I know I feel so great about it and I, I kid you not. But part of that program also is you hear the stories of, and you know you know this, when we say Asian, I mean, we're, we're talking Cambodian, Japanese, Chinese. I mean, they got like a thousand different uh, uh, variations of Asian, but they, they tell their story. And I've heard such stories, you know, of, of literally some little small boat that they, they traveled in a hundred miles and not knowing, you know, where the next meal was going to come from. And then next thing you know, they get to America. It doesn't happen overnight, of course, but they're hearing America. And now they're a judge, you know, or now they're the largest uh, supplier of this, that and the other. Those stories, as you just spoke of, and it just made my chest just swell up to the fact that, oh, wow, about these people. And then you think about your own, you know, journey and, and what when you embrace the multiculturalism, when you embrace diversity, when you embrace those who may look a little bit different than you. But when it really comes down to it and you said it, we still share the same desires and goals and wishes and wants. We want to be recognized. We want good stuff for our kids. We want to live a nice life. What is wrong with that? I don't get people that, that 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 have a problem with that, of course.
0: I agree. I don't get it either. <laughs> I, I think, you and know. And don't court-
1: want to, right? And <laughs> don't even no, want to uh-uh. get it. <laughs>
0: no, no. But, you know, that's why empathy is so important because, you know, you truly understand why where someone comes from. And sometimes you don't know their story. Um, Because you don't know their story, it's just important to kind of build relationship and to communicate, even if. There's something that you know you may disagree with. It's just important to respectfully disagree, and and that takes even adults. It's hard for us, you know, sometimes to even kind of work through, uh, you know, engaging with people who are different from us in yes. in a way. And so, because naturally you gravitate towards people who share your same values, you naturally gravitate to someone who looks like you and probably went to the same school or you you know same gender or whatever. And so that's just human nature, but. When we learn to build the skills to be open to exploring differences, we start to bridge the gap that we need in in our own selves, right? Because we start to learn from other people and then we become better people because they've taught us something that we did not know. And then we know how to interact with differences. And then we build the skills of being able to manage through things and um, embrace people who are different. And as we grow older and our students, as they grow older, they learn how to manage differences because the workforce, if they're a director or an executive, you know, of a company and they have a very diverse workforce, they understand the Chinese New Year and how important it is for maybe their some of their employees to have that day off. They understand yes. the Jewish a high holy Day season yes. and they respect that. So when you have a leader who is conscious about diversity, multiculturalism, different religions and all these things, they tend to just be better leaders and their workers are more, have more morale and they feel more proud. And then they get, you get better productivity from them. So there's a business value as a leader in just embracing diversity in your organization. So we have to teach our children now how to deal and manage with through differences. And, and as they grow older, they'll continue to hopefully embrace uh, differences, be open to exploring people of different cultures, perspectives, and then they'll become better leaders yes. and know how to manage through that.
1: I am so excited for the young women and, and, and young boys of color who are going to be a witness to your legacy as you continue. And I equate that with, I mean, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. Mayor Richard Gordon Hatcher, first black uh, mayor of a major US city, is who I saw as a child rise. And then as I became a young adult, I even actually got to you know, do some work around uh, the, the government with, with, with media and things like that. And it just propelled me to say, hey, he did it. I can do it. And I think also the power, definitely the power of, of President Obama's presidency for me was the fact of now young people get to see somebody who look like him, got hair like him, got light skin, whatever, you know, and then it, it, it lets them know that they can do it. Young people going to be looking at you, Dr. Terry said, uh, well, I know you can handle it and I know you're ready for it. You've been training for this your whole life, right? is there, you've been training for this moment your whole yeah. life for these? Yes. Yes, yes. yes.
0: I, want, I want our students to um to know that i see them and um you know i've shared my story before um but you know i've 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 had a, a, a very uh, a challenging life and uh as a result of of that you know my sister actually committed suicide um mm-hmm. You know, it was it was very difficult, you know, yes. for for me, but I'm very conscious of mental health. Very, very hypersensitive about developing the skills in our children to be able to manage through difficulties. And, you, and so we have to teach them how to do that yes. because, you know, life will not always be roses. There are thorns on those roses, and we have to teach our children how to uh, be careful. And even though life may have its challenges, here's what you need to do: the skills you need to gain to to manage through it, and to also know it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to go to therapy. And I think oftentimes in our communities, black and brown communities in particular, you know, people say, "Oh, just pray." Yes. It's through spirituality is important, but you know, maybe seeking professional counseling. Yes to help you get through those difficult moments. And uh, I think children can benefit from therapy and learning how to express themselves. Um, So Mental Health Matters is is, is really personally, just like you, uh, very important to me. And it will always be part of any work that I do as a leader. I will always be engaged in supporting mental health. And, and, and I'm, I'm just so committed to that.
1: Wow. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. It's another thing that uh, we have in common and, and uh, it's, it's again, my listeners know, and uh, you know, my dad and my brother, but I use it as strength. Their lives were not in vain. We know that we carry them with us everywhere we go. My brother taught me how to dress, how to, how to get a deal on some nice clothes, <laughs> you know, and all kinds of things when I was, young, right. oh my God, you just would uh, bust into my room at five in the morning with an idea. I'm like, big bro, are you? you crazy man <laughs> literally you know I mean but he's the one who got my juices and of course my dad who did so much for so many so uh god bless uh uh your sister and and you for carrying this on and so Doc, I mean boy the time time went by uh, uh really fast uh, I appreciate you so much for what you're doing I'm looking forward to hearing great things continued here in the uh Gwinnett County Schools as well as uh just in in, in general because every time I've seen you it's like you get that that fist going and uh you on the front lines and uh whether it was corporate i, I forget when we uh you know first talked i forgot about the corporate uh interactions that we had so uh i'm just excited and thankful again for your for your message and i'll give you 30 seconds what do you say to, to, to help our folks uh, particularly let's say parents right now uh as they go forward with their young people what do you got to say dr T- dr johnson
0: right. Right. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. So the last 30 seconds, I want to say to our parents to just embrace your children where they are. Um, release the pressure around the, you know, the academics and focus more on their feelings, focus more on the stress and anxiety they're experiencing. Help them manage through that. Invest in allowing your children the space to communicate with you how they feel, um, give them what they need to be able to manage through this very, very difficult time of COVID, um, seeing and maybe being impacted by the deaths of people in the community, and 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 just helping them manage their emotions in whatever way they need. You know, invest in, in seeking therapy for your children if they need it, but just give them the space to just feel and, and express themselves. And for our teachers in the classroom, I also see say to see your children, ask them how they feel what they're going through, do lessons around how they can manage emotions and allow them to um, engage in social emotional learning activities.
1: Yeah, they'll learn that plus and minus stuff a little later. (laughs) They'll they'll get back to that. I mean, that's important, but (laughs) right now,
0: there's a balance. There's a balance we need and we can't, you know, oftentimes people are just going in the classroom just teaching. Yes. And these kids are going through so much at home. Mm. Some of them are digital learners and, and, you know, they're they're not playing sports or they're, You know really suffering from you know it could be financial impacts or emotional social impacts and all these things and 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 we erase that and we gaslight them when we don't recognize them and we just go into the academics i think there's a balance and i really encourage our teachers and our parents to be really conscious around that balance and if you had to pick something pick the social and emotional piece
1: Mm, dr therese johnson our great uh gwinnett county first female african-american school board member just a wonderful wonderful person thank you so much for, for joining you. us and uh keep you uh, listeners you know follow her find out more uh online just look her up just put her name in there and it just pops up like crazy because she does so much <laughs> thank, thank you, so, you much. so much thank you thank all you. and we'll see you next time on black middle matters